when you hold your Bible, how do you know it's historically accurate? Because if it's not, and it's a big hoax, and it's fiction, then what is the point even <laughs> in, in all of this? But on the odd chance that it's actually all real, then what does that mean for our life? So today we're going to look at how can we actually be sure that this is historically accurate uh, and that the events told in it, the miracles, the resurrection, all of that, how can we be sure that that is all true? Yeah, so strap on your safety belt because it's an amazing ride and God is going to do some amazing stuff in your life through this episode. Welcome everyone. We have a great person chatting to us today. Lara is a, a friend of mine from Oxford, originally South African. So there is there's South African blood in this whole conversation. <laughs> she works for a ministry called the Ravi Zacharias Ministries. It's an apologetic ministry that their ethos is helping the believer think and the thinker believe. So she tackles the tough questions of our time, answering it with gentleness, love and respect for, for the questioner. And one of her topics that she's interested in and that we are really interested in is the historical accuracy of the New Testament, which we are so excited to chat to you about today. I want to, just by way of introduction, ask you a question which is personal, like what, you know, what sparked this journey of being interested in this stuff for yourself? And I'll tell you why I'm asking the question. I'm asking the question because our very first episode of our first season which we're in now of this podcast we had a friend of mine on and we spoke about the bible but we said to the listeners we're assuming in the episode that this is all real and reliable and trustworthy and we promised our listeners that we'd start delving into stuff and that's why today is such an important day for us we can stick a lot of facts in front of people which we want to do today because that's very important i'd love to just ask you to spend a couple of minutes just telling us your story. Why is this so important? Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's so nice to um, be in a South African context here in Oxford. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's great to be with you guys. And I remember realizing like I'd done so little thinking about faith. And actually, I've come to think now that, you know, we have minds for a reason. And if, you know, if as a Christian, I believe that God actually made us, then I believe he made our minds. And so that that inquiring mind is from God. And it should be used to think as best we can about things. And, you know, Christianity is claiming that it's true. And if something's true, then you can ask any question of it. You can look at something that's true from any angle. And eventually it'll be revealed if there's some kind of big conspiracy, especially in history. You know, I'm also studying history and became a history teacher. Kind of conspiracies get uncovered. That's the nature of truth. That's why we, we trust in courts of law. We do believe that ultimately we can get to the bottom of things and, and get the gist of things. And we live our lives by that. And I think... So for me, that's such an important journey to go on if you are someone who's a person of faith, because what essentially you're saying is you believe that there is truth to be discovered. And, you know, if something isn't true, you, it's very important to discover that early on. So, <laughs> you know, and actually Paul, the writer of the majority of the New Testament, says that himself in 1 Corinthians. He said, he says, if this isn't true then actually we are the most to be pitied and, you know, close the churches. There's no point trying to hold on to something that actually isn't true. I think for me, uh, the more I began to think about it, the more I realized, like, if this isn't true, I want to find out now. <laughs> and but, but if it is, then I actually also need to understand why that is the case. And especially because my friends are asking really good and legitimate questions. And I think 
I, I felt excited about going on a journey of being able to actually have conversations that that were meaningful with with people from different faiths and or of no faith. You just said a massive statement there. Christianity is true. How can we be sure? especially talking about the New Testament and we spoke about in a previous podcast of falling in love with the New Testament. How can we be sure that this bit of writing is actually true and it's, it's not meant for the fiction section of, of the library? Well, I think this is a very interesting question. And the thing that kind of, uh, I think it's worth starting with thinking about is, I would say in culture today, religion in general is seen as something that is maybe true in a subjective sense, like in your, you know, a spiritual experience could be very meaningful to to you. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's true for someone else, but it's it's true for you. And, and I would say a lot of people in our culture today would think about all religions in that way, that they are, they are just different spiritual kind of encounters or experiences for different people, and they can be true for them. And Christianity is definitely falls into that category as well, that, you know, it talks a lot about spiritual experience and, and meaning. But what, what sets Christianity a bit apart from other religions is that actually most of the other world religions are based off of primarily a spiritual experience by one person, by the founder of the organization. But what Christianity is saying is something that's a bit different to that in that category, because Christianity is making claims that are historically falsifiable, if I can put it that way, that you can, you could look at the evidence and say, look, this isn't true. So the claims that Christianity are making are historical claims. The Christian message is that God enters time and space in a time when history is being recorded, in a time where other people are writing and can, we can critique the story that's being told about this man, Jesus, and the reason that he died and what he said about himself and why he was dying and then the claims that he resurrected. So all of that is putting Christianity in a slightly different category because unlike other religions, it's basing itself on a historical event. And so that, that's what le- le- then lays it open to historical critique and to actually being able to be true objectively, not just subjectively. So not just true for me individually, but actually just uh, as, a, as a true event that would be true for everyone. So then are there historical pointers or facts that we can look at? Are there things mentioned in the Bible that we can actually see in real life? Yeah, well, again, this is something that I think hasn't maybe been explored in, in, I would say, in popular culture or in public, but actually in the academic world and in the in the universities across the world, the New Testament is seen as a very historical document. And what I mean by that, we, you know, I know later on we'll talk about the actual, the claims that it's making within itself. But even just fr- from the outset, thinking of it as a document that got written by some people, sort of stepping away for a moment from what they were saying just the fact that they wrote it and then you know the question of whether or not we have a reliable copy of what they wrote so none of the original new testament documents survive but that's true of all ancient history there's no what they, they're called autographs none, none of the originals exist but what we have is lots of fragments of papyrus or you know different documents that many different scribes and copyists were writing out and then because of depending on how many of those we have we can tend to piece together what the originals were saying and the way historians tend to in general assess whether or not we can trust that we have in our hands an accurate representation of what the originals were is basically based on two things one is how many fragments do we have 
have. So, you know, when you put them all together, how many copies does that make? And also how early, when we find these fragments and we can date them and there are different ways that they that they use to date the, you know, style of the writing or, or, or other things like that, that they can quite accurately date within a few years um, how when these fragments were written. So then they can date between the time of the events and the time of the earliest fragments, how close the, the evidence is to the earliest documents. And that's what's really phenomenal about Christianity is that, and the New Testament, is that the New Testament outstrips every other ancient document by far. The documents that, you know, the all the manuscripts that we have for Plato or Caesar's Gallic Wars or, you know, all these different types of ancient um, Homer's Iliad, uh, the New Testament has far and away more textual evidence. We have so many fragments. I think in the Greek, it's around about 5,700. When you add in all the other languages like Syriac and, and other languages, it comes up to about 30,000. And you compare that to, for example, all the documents that we have for Plato, we only have 210 that have been found. And, and again, then you look at the time gap. So most of the time gaps between when the events happened and the earliest fragments that we have for all the other ancient texts that we read, and if, say, you study classics at university, it's, it's, it's in with the hundreds. Most of them, I think for Homer's Iliad, it's uh, 400 years later between when Homer would have written it and the first fragments that we have and, and, and texts that we have. But for the New Testament, like, so, you know, for Paul's letters, for example, this is, again, scholarly consensus across the board. It's not Christian scholars. They all agree that there's a time gap of between 20 and 30 years between when Paul was writing those the, his epistles in the New Testament letters and then the, the fragments that we have. And for the Gospels, it's a little bit later, but it's between 30 to 70 years time gap. And the earliest being Mark's Gospel, which is probably written 65 AD, somewhere between 65, 75 AD. And then John's Gospel is the latest between somewhere between 90 and 100 AD. But but as you can see, this is completely, we might think, oh, that's a long like time gap. You know, why didn't they write it sooner? We can chat about that if you're interested. But essentially, if you just compare the, what the New Testament's basically, they call it textual attestation. It's so, it's just, we have so much more. And if you want to say that you don't, you don't think that the New Testament documents, that, that doesn't give us enough to make sure that they, you know, to believe that they were the same um, as the originals, then essentially you have to throw out your whole knowledge of the ancient world. Anything about Caesar, anything about Rome that we, that we know. Maybe something that a lot of people don't know in society, but actually the, the New Testament is an incredibly histor historically attested document. Now that doesn't obviously speak to whether or not the content is actually historically accurate. That's another question. But just in terms of being confident that the Bible we're holding in our hands is, is actually what the New Testament writers wrote. On that score, there's hardly any um, scholars that, that can, can question that. That's really helpful. I'm just going to... Uh, it's a fantastic answer I want to ask you a question just some of our listeners would be uh, new to the Christian faith or perhaps even someone is listening to this and they are far away from God they're trying to make their way back to him and they may even find this conversation fascinating and we only have a certain amount of time uh, so we can't we can't go too deep into it but what I'm hearing you say so just help me in in one sentence for that listener you're basically saying the time gap in the documents for the Christian faith is so close between, you know, finding stuff and discovering whether it's accurate or not. 
uh, versus any other religion or anything else that's historically out there, the time gaps are maybe hundreds of years, where this, you're saying 30 to 70, and therefore there couldn't be heaps of other man-made stuff added to it. Is that is that what I'm hearing you say? I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it as simple and as one sentenced as possible. Is that is that because that, that's that's amazing? Yeah. So the, the question has often been, well, how do we know that the stories in the Bible haven't just been changed over time? They were written so long ago. So I guess that first answer that I was giving was just to say that historians are pretty convinced. I mean, I think, for example, there's been a the Greek New Testament. I'm trying to think, I wrote down the the names of the authors of this. Um, it was a uh, it was. Yeah, it's um, a scholarly edition of the text of the the Greek New Testament. And they did an estimate of like roughly 138,020 words in the Greek. And of that, 1%, because of all of the texts that they found, there's only 1% of variations within the text. So that's to say that we can have confidence because of all the fragments that we found and, they, and, and, and how they keep corroborating. And the scribes were obviously writing very carefully and they were... You know, there, there was obviously a very careful scribal tradition. Because of that, we can therefore be con, um, confident that we have what was actually originally written some 30 years before or whatever it may be for, you know, f- you know 50 or 60 for the, go- for the Gospels. And so that answers your question of, you know, when people might look, they might pick up a Bible and they might say, oh, but this could have just been changed. Just to say, just on that first answer, the scholars are pretty convinced that what we have is actually what the New Testament writers wrote and that there wasn't some big, that because of that historical evidence, there hasn't been changes made. People didn't insert stories about Jesus or things that he said years later. Now you could say, oh, but maybe they made it up in the 30, 40 years between when the events happened and what happened later. And that's another question about maybe oral tradition. But actually, again, there's strong reason to suggest that that isn't the case based on what we know of oral culture. I mean, we live in a culture where that would change. You know, if I said something to Joe tomorrow, he's going to go say something like else, you know, um, <laughs> and like a dad. Nice one, Joe. In... <laughs> Sorry, Joe, just picked on you there. But, um, <laughs> but in, in the ancient, yeah, I mean, I won't go into the detail, but again, scholars are, are because of what they know of ancient oral tradition and also rabbinic tradition. So the disciples would have been um, held to very high account of remembering, memorizing Jesus teachings. And they live in a culture where this is all they had because most of them didn't write or, you know, so, so for all these reasons, essentially the sum up is, the the bible that we have in our hands is we can be very confident telling us exactly what the the writers had written down and and then now we can start thinking about well you know what about the content of what they wrote okay so if you're new to this and you're exploring the documents at least that you've got the documents are reliable the, we'll talk about content maybe even on another episode but um it's really it's it's helpful to know the bible is an is an accurate document in a world that's got lots of confusion and lots of made up stories it's an amazing truth really comforting thank you what what that makes me feel hearing all this stuff is the fact that the it's so close to the actual event and there's so many like you said fragments that far outnumber people that we just assume is is true like Plato, it gives it a huge amount of significance uh, that like this is the fact that there's so much information on this yeah. uh, makes me think, yo, I've got to actually take this thing seriously. 
Thanks for listening to this conversation with Laura. We hope you enjoyed it. Please join us again later on this week for the next episode of The Bible. Is it historically accurate or is it fiction? We'd really appreciate it if you share this with friends who are asking questions. If anyone wants to know a little bit more about the Bible, like and subscribe if you don't mind. Thanks. Bye. I love you. Bye. Bye.